1: Fence and dummy half, it's with the halfback back Williams. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would be from De Gois, puts a kick out wide, looking
2: for Sander Earl, and Earl is in again. Oh, stop it, it's starting to hurt. Rugby League! Rugby
1: League! Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Tim Williams. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it was a mental week of Supercoach, so much chaos involved uh, between losing Nathan Cleary before kickoff, Ryan Pappenhausen was a pretty laid out as well. We then had the HIAs throughout the weekend, Ryan James being a key one there, who was a very popular trade in injuries all weekend. It was just absolute carnage. So I hope you got through that that weekend okay. Uh, Here to go through the madness of the weekend and look forward to round four is 2019 NRL Supercoach runner-up, Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate?
2: Oh, uh, good, Timmy, yourself?
1: Not too bad, mate. Mate, your boy uh, your boy Benny Condon's been named for the Cowboys this week.
2: Yeah, he has, mate. Yeah, it's exciting for the school. Like, I mean, he's obviously had his his debut game last year, but uh, he's been playing pretty good footy for uh, Mackay Cutters. I saw him in the preseason, so I didn't think it'd be too long until he got a start.
1: And whilst, mate, you uh, you weren't on last week's podcast, you were f- yeah, flew out of the blocks in round one in Supercoach, uh, had a, a bit of a poor round two and... Yeah, a bit of a rush of blood. You let the emotions uh, speak for you. You were about to throw in the towel. How'd you bounce back this week?
2: <laughs> nah, I was just a bit uh, dirty after the Andrew Davy <laughs> injury. I mean, but I sort of reflected on it. I felt really bad for him, actually, because um, I've done a couple of ACLs, um, one on each leg. So it's a terrible injury to go through and that. But hopefully he can come back. I just, you know, I was really high on him. And <laughs> even that first run, I think it was like, Seven or nine super coach points from one run, um you made two or three tackle breaks, so it's not to be anyway, but yeah no I, I bounced back actually this week, so i'm really happy i I scored uh, twelve hundred and sixteen, which was um around about three thousand six hundred uh place for the round, and that moved me up about seven and a half thousand spots so i'm in I'm in just over I'm in 3079th overall so I'm pretty happy there with that like before the season I would have taken that after three rounds for sure so um probably the good part of my weekend was uh, I didn't go with my temptation to trade out Charlie Staines I just kept him there and um, I got 56 as my AE because I had so many injured players and that and ended up not using my second trade. So I saved a trade. Um, but my good players were obviously TKO, Cheese, uh, Tex Hoy was huge for me and Capewell. Mm. Um, probably the only bad thing that I had and um, Spy, i know this because we were on the chat about it, but I had planned to trade for, to Tessie New. It only cost me four points in the scoring because uh, I think Tessie New got 38 and Fuss got 34, but probably cost me about 60, 65, 70 grand. Um, you yeah, know, Fuss lost five grand. Tessie New made about 60, 65 grand. So plus he's he's got a pretty good BE moving forward, but. The Bronx do have a tough draw, and I saved a trade, which is very uncharacteristic for me in the first two weeks. So, um, yeah, mate, overall pretty positive weekend for me.
1: Good stuff, mate. Uh, also joining us is that man, the Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? And how uh, how are the boys travelling?
0: G'day, fellas. Um, the boys are in pretty good shape, actually. They managed to get through the weekend pretty unscathed, which is nice because obviously pretty chaotic. Um, even my worst players at the moment are sort of – they're going okay. So it's not a bad position to be in early in the year. A few decisions to make this week. And I've actually got some options, which is nice. Uh, you find often early in the season you're chasing points or covering injuries. So it's good just to be in a spot to make a few decisions and try to keep the progress going. I, I came out of the box in 16,000th round one – uh, which actually isn't too bad. I don't mind being around that mark. Then you can build from there. I'm into 8,000th now. So if I can just keep that pushing, hopefully get around the uh, maybe the 1,000 by the buyers and then absolutely blitz it through the buyers. That'll be the plan. But We'll see what happens, boys.
1: Yeah, nicely done, mate. And there is, it's, it's not a bad position to be in. There is so, so much time left, uh, particularly uh, obviously in this season and then with the the origin period and the buyer period as well, which is so big for NRL Supercatch, as we know. A fellas, a huge start from the uh, the SC Playbook League who we're ranked, uh, I think we've got our 10-person league of our in-house one with all our contributors ranked ninth out of 16,000. Jared Croker, the big mover this week for us, he had something like 1,300 points, was ranked about 150th overall for the week. So Toots has uh, come on board for us finally and, uh, and actually delivered. So um, big moves from him. He's into about 1,300 overall, the big fella. So look out there. Um, guys, Oh, the Kuma Stallions, quick update, into 2000 overall, I think about 2011th, 1202 points on the weekend. Uh, a couple of good things out of the weekend. Cody Walker, 95. Hodjo, 88 for me, came good. Fergie Ferg doing good for me again. Uh, and I was actually lucky enough to, I ended up looping uh, Kurt Capel's 95 points and took the C off Teddy uh, just with that tough matchup against the Rabbitohs, which paid off and got me an extra 20 or 30-odd points there. Uh, On today's show, we're going to jump into our standard game-by-game previews of each team named on Teamless Tuesday, look at our punting plays from last week and drop our new ones for this week as well as our bold predictions, go into our trades and skippers and then a few questions at the end. Uh, And guys, uh, just a reminder to jump into our forum uh, on the website, really keen to get this going. It's been really good. There's been plenty of questions dropped, but not a lot of feedback from each other and giving each other advice and helping each other with their trades. Point of a forum is to get on there and help each other out. we're all dropping questions it defeats the purpose of a forum so get on there drop your questions but more importantly give each other a hand the contributors are going to be jumping in throughout the week and helping out as well guys we also have a subscription package available $30 for our NRL package $40 for our NRL and Big Bash if you're into that at the end of the season Uh, the feedback has been really positive for that since we've had that going last year and the subscription package offers uh, a little bit extra this year as well like hundreds of extra articles throughout the season the subscription Grab a special podcast, which is where we ensure we answer your questions each, way, each week. Uh, you'll be supporting the future of the site. So if you can to get into that, you can head to the menu on our site and have a look. Fellas, let's get stuck into the games. And it's a very significant Supercoach game to kick off the Easter weekend of footy with the Seagulls taking on the Panthers at Thursday 8.05 at Lotto Land. At Manly, Morgan Boyle's been added to the bench at the expense of Toa Sipley uh, in the only side beaten by the Dragons. Tommy Jaboy, it's boy, but still at least another week away. Um, boys, the big one here, and I'm glad we start with it uh, to begin the show, it is Josh Schuster, who comes into this side, start, or he came in uh, starting back row last week at the expense of Andrew Davy following his ACL injury. Um, blew us out of the park. He's, what is it, He's about $203,000. He's only available at 5'8", which is an absolute killer. He's got a break even of neg 50 or 60 or something, um, Looks like a dead obvious trade-in this week um, for most people, but it's not that easy. Uh, And I say that because there are going to be a lot of teams who are going to have guys like Cody Walker who are on their radar or they already own who has this brilliant run of games coming up. Connor Watson who got a ton on the weekend might be at 5'8". Tex Hoy got a ton on the weekend, massive uh, negative break even there. Uh, And then even if you could switch Connor Watson into hooker via the dual position – you've got guys like Jaden Brayley there who's going to make a stack of money and he's scoring well. Josh Hodson, who went big on the weekend. Um, it's not as easy as I think we all, all think it's going to be. Uh, a couple of quick little projections. If Josh Schuster goes on to average 45 points a game from here on out, he'll make 150K. If he averages 55 points per game, that's going to net him 220K in cash rises. Walsh, um, how's your side set up for Schuster and is he an absolute must-have?
2: I don't think you could say he's an absolute must-have, Timmy, because of the reasons that you've said. Like if you have a look at the run coming up, uh, particularly the next two games, or two or three games for um, Melbourne, uh, I mean you'd be pretty happy to have Munster, although Munster's strange in the fact that he doesn't always score great against the weaker teams. He can sometimes get his big scores against the harder teams. But certainly Cody Walker and the run that, South Sydney about to come into, I mean, they play the Bulldogs in a day game and I can tell you what, South Sydney, they have, (laughs) it's very hard to not own Cody Walker in a day game um, when they're playing a side like the Bulldogs who are woeful. Uh, Yeah, it's tough. Like, I mean, that's what I'm weighing up at the moment. I mean, it probably makes sense for me to uh, get rid of Simpkin, move Watson up, bring Schuster in. Um, That leaves me with Tex Hoy. And Schuster, two massive money makers in the five eight position. But am I going to sacrifice too many points by not having Munster and Cody Walker? That's that's the question I have to ask myself. And I think there's a lot of people in the same position. Um, Cody Nickareem is another one in the five eight position. That um, for those people that followed uh, my advice early in the year to get him, he he delivered last week and. He's probably in a good position now with the goal kicking with CHT out and their draws starting to open up somewhat. I mean, they play the Roosters, but it's it's not the same Roosters side it was last weekend.
1: Mm, it's very interesting. I mean, my personal situation is that, I mean, I'm running Connor Watson, um, Braley, uh, Connor Watson, Braley, Josh Hodgson and Cody Walker. There, none of them guys that I even want to think about getting rid of if I want to get Schuster and I'm going to have to get rid of Josh Hodgson who has a negative break even and an 88 in his rolling average for a few more weeks. So, I mean, if I get him, which at this stage I probably will, I'm going to have to cut Josh Hodgson for him, which I really don't want to do. Um, Spy, what's your take on it, mate?
0: I'm very lucky boys that I've got Jacob Little who's been a bit of a gift for me early in the season. He's sort of averaged around the 55-60 mark I think for 3 weeks, but now he's the perfect trade out for Schuster. So I can just flip Watson down to Hooker, so I'm in such a nice spot there, but I can understand if you've got bikes like, you know, Hodgson, Hoy, Watson and these bikes who are the only go guys that you can get to Schuster then they're both going to score points and make money potentially. So in a bit more of a tricky situation. So as Wells says, he's he's not a must-have, but in saying that – gee, he looks a good footballer. He could sort of could be a bit of saviour for Manly this year. And you say he's going to make 150K at least, all going well over the, playing playing a couple of games over the next few weeks. That's in two weeks he can make 150K. If he scores 46 and 46 mm. based on the projections, he makes 150K. And then you can do what you want. You can either flip him to someone else then, or if he's as good as he possibly, I think he could be, if he stays back row or starting 5'8", or whatever it may be, he can potentially pick up a bloke who's going to average 60 plus for the year at 200K, which is gold. So I think you've got to do everything you can to get him in. But at the same time, I mean, you're not getting rid of Watson, that's for sure. As you said, in your case, maybe you get rid of Hodgson a game early. Um, Yeah, it's a tricky one, but, gee, he's he's some serious upside. And the other question for me is I own, obviously, Jerome Luai. So there is an option within my team to potentially partner Luai and Cody Walker if I wanted to, which is super tempting. Uh, but I'd have to forego Schuster and I'd have to probably drop a gun like a Teddy or someone to do it. So I think for me, it's just get Schuster in uh, and then maybe look for a South player elsewhere. Like maybe maybe look at getting Alex Johnson in the centre, something like that, because Cody will feed him plenty of ball, I think, on the weekend. But, gee, it's a good question, fellas.
1: Uh, spy, fair shout out there. So SPY Spice says do it at all costs, Walsh, just a quick one for you. Let's say, uh, hypothetically, you didn't have Simpkin at hooker and your other hooker was, say, uh, you don't have Jaden Braley, do you?
2: I do have Jaden Braley, yeah. Okay.
1: So, who's, I mean, let's say, what, a Reed Marney or a one of these gun hookers out there. There's a lot of questions about would people sell Tex Hoy to get to Josh Schuster, Hoy with a negative 38 break even, a ton in his rolling average. Would you do that, net the 120K, or would you hold Tex Hoy?
2: I think that's what I'm actually, actually, what I'm down to, to be honest with you, because, um, yeah, I, I'm seriously considering that. I, I'm actually considering if it's possible bringing in. I, I don't know if I'll have the cash, but I actually probably won't. But I was thinking, like, I'll bring, I'll bring in, in Schuster and a Cody Walker and or a Munster, um, because I think they're really good buyers. I think Cody Walker's probably the one that probably excites me a little bit more, although I reckon Melbourne will put on a cricket score against the Bronx um, depending on where they play. But, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be really hard to pass up Schuster because of the cash generation. But you have to remember it's a points game. I don't want to fall sort of, I don't know, 50, 100 points behind because Munster or Cody Walker put on a ton. I'm not sure that Schuster scores really well against Penrith. I'm just not sure that he scores well this weekend against Penrith. I mean, I've watched him. I've been a big spruker for him in the whole preseason. Why aren't they playing him 5-8? I like the fact that they're getting him some game time on the left edge and that, but Penrith have the best defence going around, so I'd be surprised, you know, if he gets – I think he'll get his 40, but I don't know if he'll get too much more than that. I'm not sure if he's a
1: play. Yeah. Uh, anyway, plenty to think about there because it, it, it is such a tough one. Um, Spy, anything to add there?
0: I was just going to mention that, yeah, the prospect of getting Cody Walker in, if Schuster might allow people to do that, so that's super tempting. I'm in the position where I already own Jerome Luai. If he didn't play Manly uh, this weekend, I'd probably get Schuster in and then partner Cody with him. But I think the fact that has got Manly, anything could happen there, so I'll probably hold there, That's
1: over to the Panthers with Dylan Edwards expected to miss a month after breaking his hand in the grand final rematch. Stephen Crichton moves to fullback. Matty Burton into the centres. Uh, we saw that, I think, during the preseason He went pretty well there. Surprising, but so be it. Co-captain Nathan Cleary returns at halfback. And Spencer Lenu has been named to take his place on the interchange bench despite hurting his shoulder against the Storm. Um, whilst any interest, or, I mean, there's going to be interest at the, the Panthers. Their jaw opens up a little bit, I think, They have this week, they obviously have a really friendly game against Manly. And then in two weeks' time, they play, sorry, three, well, it goes the Raiders and then it goes the Broncos, which is another real nice one for you. Uh, Who are the guys at the Panthers you're eyeing off? Probably Toto being the main one um, off the back of just some incredible base. The last two weeks, he's based 43 and 41. Uh, Mate, what have you got?
2: Yeah, well, Tottenham is the main one, like you said, but I'm also considering Crichton because Mm. he's going to play fullback. I remember that's where I loved him, um, coming off the bench, playing fullback uh, when he used to do that. I think it was last year, the start of last year. Uh, Maybe it was the year before. I'm not sure. But uh, I think you've got to toss up Crichton um, and just see because he's a bit of a ball hog. So he's going to get a lot of ball and... um, if he can execute some of the passes, you'd imagine he's going to get some triassists uh, there as well. The, the interesting thing about Toto, I had a real deep dive into it today because I was seriously considering bringing him in, but um, I feel like Manly's been absolutely hosed down their left side defence. So that might be good for Charlie Stane's owners. Um, if you look at the first game, Brett Morris on the right side, for the Roosters, scored three tries. Um, There was a couple of tries from the right-hand side. Uh, I think Blomax scored a couple of tries and he might be a right centre. I could be wrong there. Um, But, yeah, I I think I had a bit of a look at it. I've got to have a closer look, but I think it's basically their left-hand side defence that's really poor. So even though Penrith are really left dominant, um, if they're game planning, they might just target that right. Who knows, I guess.
1: Yeah, there's uh, so, so many options there. I know Paul Momorowski's caught a few eyes there, especially with a a bit more job security now. Uh, We spoke about Jerome Luai a little bit. Nathan Cleary would be a great captaincy option in that one. Kurt Capel, as expected, uh, played 80 minutes. I Didn't necessarily expect 80 minutes against the Storm, but in a big game, expect him to play bigger game time. I think going forward, we'll see Capel play fewer minutes in blowout wins with uh, the amount of Depth they have in their pack uh, in the big games and the tighter games I can see him playing the full eighty. Spy mate, what have you got for us at the at the Panthers?
0: <clears throat> Probably not a heap to add, boys. We know they're all options. Uh, you look at that back line; you could nearly have any of them in your set, in your side. Um, they're just so bloody good. One thing I would say, and it would be very very bold, uh, given he's a winger, but. Todd could actually be a knockout captain this week. If he's already basing around 50 with his work, he could easily score two or three against Manly. He only needs one to get 80 odds. So something to consider if you're feeling brave, but obviously Cleary as well. should kick a heap of goals. But yeah, I just like everyone at Penrith. And Capewell repaid the faith last week for the late trial, which was good. Um, And I think he's obviously hold for the time being while we watch how the minutes play out there. Yeah,
1: I'm uh, I'm seriously considering bringing in Brian Totto this week. I've, I've got to work out whether I want to strengthen my front row or my centres, uh, but Totto would probably be at the expense of Charlie Staines in my back line who, I mean, even more so now hearing what Walsh had to say about that edge uh, of Manly, but I'm, I'm pretty happy to play Staines this week. Surely he bags a try this week uh, against this Manly outfit, but Toto, break even of 74. I mean, it's certainly not going to hurt you waiting another week or two um, price-wise. Um, yeah, anything to add there, Wals? Um, No interest in Crichton, boys?
0: Definitely is, yeah. I'd uh, I'd love to have him, but, I mean, I prefer Toto. Um, I like
1: him. I just think for an extra 60K, you can get Toto, who is more tried and tested. His base is going to be bigger. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely Toto for me, but, I mean, Crichton, massive pod play. In saying that, Toto is pretty lowly owned as well, so I think he'd be, he's a pod play as well. I yeah, certainly don't mind him, Moss. Fair enough. It. Moving on to the Doggies and Bunnies. Friday, 4.05 p.m. at Stadium Australia. Uh, at the Dogs, Jeremy Marshall-King's out six to eight weeks. Sioni Katoa moves into hooker. Nick Meany shifts to fullback. Corey Allen to the wing. Lockie Lewis gets a recall at 5.8. He was really, really good in the, the reserve grade game last week against the Raiders. Jake Avrilo has been dropped. Josh Jackson is out for a week due to a crusher tackle. Uh, Renoff Atoni comes in to start there. Uh, changes all over the shop. Fellas, I'm going to skip past the doggies because I don't think we're going to have too much to add there. I know Spire was a little bit keen on Nick Kotrick last week, but uh, as a bit of a watch anyway, and he didn't quite deliver in that game. Corey Riddell playing 80 minutes on the edge, uh, about 370K, worth a little bit of a look. But again, I mean, the way they played last week, that job security is questionable at best. So I'd be avoiding pretty well all of the dogs at this stage of the season. Uh, a team that is extremely relevant is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. No changes to their 17 following the win over the Roosters last weekend. Um, whilst, mate, uh, we know that the the Bunnies are coming into a run, a really friendly Supercoach run. So obviously the Dogs this week, the Broncos next week, the Tigers, then the Titans. Hence why everyone's getting so excited about guys like Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Damian Cooks, um, Cam Murray, myself, obviously being the number one fanboy. Uh, who are the guys there that uh, that pique your interest? I'm not
2: overly interested in the forwards. I mean, I'll sort of keep going to keep my powder dry on Jai Arrow. Um, I'm not. Uh, I've I've not been overly interested in Cook or Murray or year. So, and and the soft run doesn't really change my opinion. They might jag a try, but more than likely, Bennett will mess around with the minutes as well. Um, Nichols is playing pretty good footy, so. He's been pushing for more minutes. Um, The the ones that really interest me uh, are Cody Walker, um, Latrell Mitchell to a lesser degree because I'm going to stick with Teddy and I'm going to more than likely stick with Pappy because he's got a soft run as well. So it's really just Cody Walker and Alex Johnson that I'm considering. Now, I probably dodged a bullet last week because – I thought with that extra trade that I had which I missed um I thought about bringing in Alex Johnson early and he had like he had one of those games which he will have which is like if he doesn't score he's quite capable of going single figures or under 20 um so I'm not sure what he ended up with but I think it was pretty low and but he's also capable of scoring four three or four tries in a game like this and and so is Cody Walker I wouldn't be surprised to see him score a few tries as well
1: Yeah, that's it, mate, and I'm with you. Alex Johnson and Campbell Graham, both are so interesting with this run coming up. Um, AJ has a break-even of 84, which he could easily eclipse this week. Um, Campbell Graham, who was a guy we looked at quite closely coming into the season, has scores of 37, 33, and 36, but he's basing 35 per game in this bunny side. His only attacking stat he's got so far was a try contribution, Um, and we spoke about it in the preseason. I spoke about it quite in depth, but... Just the fact that he shifted from the left to the right side at the Bunnies, I think he's so killer to his super good scoring and that whole right edge. Um, I just think you want to be on that left edge outside Cody Walker. Um, Latrell Mitchell's quite strong on both sides, but particularly strong on the left, um, which I just think it opens up AJ a bit more. And whilst a bloke that you were keen on all last year was Dane Gagai, who's been scoring really well this season. And, and he's a massive pot, in my opinion, purely because he's on that left edge. Spire, who do you like at the Bunnies?
0: Who don't I like, boys? Yeah. For the next few weeks. Like that, um, if we start at the back line, the blokes I'm mostly scared not to own are Cody Walker. Um, I could still find a way to get him in, but with Jerome there, as I said, I've, I can probably target other areas. Uh, at this stage, I think I'm going to get Alex Johnson in my centres uh, and go early on Tessie New, um, who plays Melbourne and a few other tough games coming up. If I get Alex Johnson in, he, as we said, plays the Bulldogs, Broncos and the Tigers before his run gets a bit tougher. So I might just play him for three weeks. Hope he can score six or seven tries, which he could well do. I might even sell him for a profit then after that. But I think I just want to be owning him the next few weeks because that left edge, as we said, he's just sitting on the end of it. He could just pick up tries for fun. Uh, Latrell... It's a really interesting watch the next few weeks. Is he going to go to Supercoach Superstardom? Uh, It could be those games where he just kicks back and has a rest. He's kind of that kind of player. If they're cruising, does he want to go the kill switch and really get into him? Or is he just going to cruise? I mean, in real footy, it doesn't matter that much if you're up by 40 or 50. But obviously, for Supercoach, bikes like Teddy and Pappy, they just get amongst it when they're flogging teams. They love the try line. they love getting into it. So will Luttrell do that? I think it's a big watch. Unless I was going to drop Teddy, though, I can't get Luttrell. So it's going to be a bit scary. But at least if he's passing to Alex Johnson, that'll ease some pain. And honestly, the rest of the back line are all good as well. Campbell Graham, Gun, Gagai Gun, But Campbell's the concern, as you said, on the right, just because all their shape and attack is going left or maybe bypassing Graham at times. But he's a good watch for later in the season.
1: Mm. What do you think, Miles? I do believe, like, I referred to
2: it sort of in one of the earlier podcasts, but I think this is the perfect round. What I was talking about with coaches resting marquee players in games. So I think that's something you need to be really aware of and have a look at the benches because Benji Marshall's, you know, looming on that bench. And if there's one thing that puts me off a little bit, um, well, obviously Latrell, but I'm not really focused on him. But even to a lesser extent, Cody Walker, like it makes sense to me that if they put, you know, like, I don't know, 20, 24 or 30 on the dogs in the first half that he's probably, it's a little bit like those basketball games in the NBA. He's probably not going to play much of the second half. So he could still be on 100 um, super coach points at halftime, but, it would be pretty demoralising if you had him on 100 and then Bennett didn't play him for the whole second half. So I, I'm just saying, I mean, it's hard to see it, but that this is the type of thing that could happen this year with the golf in the best teams and the worst teams, and you're seeing it this weekend with the first three
1: games. Mm, yeah, very, very interesting thing to consider. And, yeah, as, um, with these, what look like could be big blowout scorelines, it's one, a massive one to monitor. Uh, and particularly monitor this weekend and then to keep an eye on going forward. Just quickly before we move on, uh, a note I found interesting. Luttrell uh, based 30 points in round one, and we were all sort of like, how good is this? He's getting in there, getting involved. Uh, we've always known what he's been a- capable of in attack, but sort of his work ethic has never quite been there. Uh, in round two, we had 13 points in base, which was back to Luttrell of old, and then 23 in base last weekend. Uh, again, it, it's about quality, not quantity with Latrell. But when it comes to Supercoach, it can be a little bit about the reverse a lot of the time. Um, just worth monitoring. But, again, with the run they have coming up, I wouldn't be too concerned about that one. Moving on to the Storm versus Broncos, Friday, 8.05 p.m. at Amy Park in Melbourne. Uh, it is at this stage. There's all sorts of things going on with uh, the COVID in Brisbane now. And I mean Brisbane are down in Sydney now. It could potentially be a doubleheader in Sydney. Anyway, keep an eye out for that. Um at the Storm, Ryan Pappenhausen's back in that side at fullback. Nico Hines is out of the 17 entirely. Um, that is the major news at the Storm. We still know Harry Grant, no Dale Finucane either. Um, in what looks, a, yeah, again, a pretty one-sided matchup. up uh, Any sort of Storm guys ticking your box? Uh,
2: no, not really, Timmy. Um, I've got Pappy. I'm happy with Pappy. I'm seriously considering Munster but leaning more towards Cody Walker. Um, So, yeah, that's about where it sits with me. I know there's different blokes that have got Welsh and whatnot, but in terms of what's relevant to me, I mean, I guess I'm stuck with um, the cheese at the moment, but he came through with a try last week. And, again, it it scares me a little bit, like, how much time is he going to get if there's a bit of a blowout? Hopefully he... Jag some attacking points before they because it's a perfect game to give, say, Tyson Smoothie half a game yeah. um, and run the bench. So this is really, really dangerous if you've got Brandon Smith. Um for that reason, I might try and trade him out because he's just biting time there for me at the moment. But then um then again he could he could jag two tries. I mean the Broncos middle defense is woeful or, or a try assist. So um, that's probably the the dilemma for me this weekend. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, Spy, probably the, the two questions I've got for you here is, uh, number one, I believe you're a Christian Welch owner. What are you doing with him? And you, uh, would you, will you consider skipping Ryan Pappenhausen?
0: <coughs> yeah, Pappy's my skipper at the moment. Uh, I just think goal-kicking at the Broncos at home is great uh, if you're not going to go someone from Penrith or the Bunnies. Uh, gee, it's a good weekend for captains. Go- should be good variety, and I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, on Christian Welch, He's had a couple of um, sort of tougher teams to play against in the Bunnies who look up, look up, sorry, lock up the offload well. Then he played in the Absolute Monsoon round two. And then last week, he was only okay last week without being great. So I'm just going to give him another week or two just to say, see how he fares against these lesser sides, see if he can get the offload back working. Uh, but if not, it'll be time to move him on uh, sooner rather than later. Not that he's hurting me too bad, but obviously we want, we want that preferred upside. But he's going okay at the moment.
1: At the Broncos, Payne Haas and Matty Lodge are two massive boosts to the Broncos uh, in the pack there. Tavita Pangai Jr., a supercoach weapon this season and a popular trade-in this week, moved to the bench alongside Tommy Flegler. Um, You know, obviously, that's big news there. And, you know, despite being pretty awful at playing rugby league, the Broncos have somehow over the past 18 months managed to remain supercoach relevant just about that whole time. Um, whilst I suppose the big question there is, uh, how do you see minutes playing out in this pack? So, um, Jordan Rickey is obviously in most serious Supercoach sides at the moment. You know, does he play 80? Uh, what are you expecting from Payne Hass on return? And the big one, TPJ um, off the bench, what do you make of all this?
2: Yeah, TPJ's there and he's got some big scores, but he started fairly expensive too. So, I mean, when you look at a value proposition Jesus his scores have been you know excellent and well done to people who got him but it was just a bit too risky for me um for my liking so I, you can't imagine that he'd have improved minutes um like coming off the bench but um mm. it, it's actually strange him coming off the bench because it doesn't suit him to have two stint like you know maybe they're thinking we can play him for sixty minutes straight but um, Walters has had the propensity to play him for short stints, which is, which I think is, is how he's best used a little bit like Paulo um, for the Eels, albeit that Paulo gets out longer minutes, but yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I don't think it's good for him. I mean, I'm not overly interested in him because he's so expensive, um, and he's volatile, you know, and yes, they won a game and that, but, um, as they get more and more frustrated in games like this, he's more and more likely to do something stupid, although he has been quite disciplined this year, which is good. So, oh, no, I'm I'm just calling it as I see it. I mean, you know, like he's had a history of ill-disciplined play, so um, I'm not prepared to pump 600 and whatever he is, 620,000 into a player that's that volatile.
1: Yeah. No, no, that's fair, mate. I'm a little bit the same. It's, It's a big price to pay now that he's coming off the bench as well. Uh, Spy um, uh, gives you thoughts on that also but probably the one I want from you is on Jermaine Asako who's a popular trade in this week been really good the last two weeks with scores of 114 and 80 negative 43 break even 430k Uh, any interest there and any other thoughts at the Bronx
0: look Asako is okay for a bit of short term cash but their upcoming run for the Broncos is Melbourne, South, Penrith, Parramatta, and even the Gold Coast to a pretty handy side this year. So is he going to score that many points and kick many goals? I'm just not so sure about that. So I think there's better options to trade in. If you already own a Sarko, that's awesome. He'll make you your cash and you can sell him when you need to. But you look at a bloke like Tessie New with that run. He's He's made his 60K and he's playing really well. But if you did want to move to a potentially high-scoring center like an Alex Johnson or maybe a Justin Olam or someone like that for another 130K, then maybe it's the time to do it with that run coming up because you might be stuck playing Tessie a couple of times against those sides. Um, his base is pretty good, admittedly, but he could be stuck around the 30s for the next month or so unless they can pull something out of the woodworks.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mate, I'm with you. I I can see why people are jumping on, but we have this endless conversation about um, cash generation v. points. And this is a classic case of, all right, yes, Jermaine Asako is going to make money with a negative 43 break even, but you're not going to pay 430k for a player and not put him in your 17. But with that run coming up, I wouldn't put him in my 17 the next four weeks. Um, so if he comes out and scores fifteen this week, you know that break even is going to soar pretty quickly. And I mean, I just with a nicer run, yeah, I think he'd be a massive buy. But I, I won't be going near him um, just because, yeah, I, I, you want him in your centre wing, and and I, I don't see how you can play him against these sides that he's coming up against. Fellas, let's break it up the teams a little bit and jump into our top sport punting plays. Uh, we're on fire at SC Playbook to start the year. We've got twelve from twelve tips correct. In that, there's been three from three multis. This week, the multi paid $7.36. Um, there will be a full preview out on that Friday each week if you are keen to follow it. Uh, if you are keen to follow our tips, they all do come from all our markets and odds are taken exclusively from Top Sport. So if you do want to join up with them, use the code SC Playbook. Uh, it is 18 plus only. Again, responsibly. On our tips from last week's show, fellas, are on fire. They're a little bit easier than uh, going with the old bold predictions, but With a bit of cash to potentially be made, they're probably more exciting. Um, Desi nailed his Warriors line against the Raiders. actually won the game, so he was spot on there. Um, Spire, you called the Titans to cover the 10 or so point line against the Cowboys. They did that with ease, uh, and I was on the Eels to cover there. I think it was an 8 or 9 point line against the Sharks, which they did uh, very easily as well. Whilst in your final word article, you had Brandon Smith, anytime try scorer, Paid off at four dollars ninety. Zach Lomax anytime score at two dollars fifty. Uh, fellas, it's a it's a good start to our punting plays for the year. We are going to keep a tally and a bit of a leaderboard of this throughout the year. Look at the ROI, the return on investment, or interest, or whatever that financial thingy, is there uh, to to stack up and see how we're going. Um, While well, start us off, what's your punting play for the week?
2: Oh, boys, this is. <laughs> This is fairly speculative, but um, we are talking about ROI. Um, so I'm going to give uh, the listeners a bit of a wild punt here. That makes a lot of <laughs> <sense> to me. <laughs> Charlie Staines three tries into yeah. Alex Johnson three tries. <laughs> it's you know paying, just, paying it? It's, it's you paying just. It up, up, yet? It's paying just under eighty bucks on. Top sport. I mean, it's worth a fiver here. You know, five bucks to win yeah. four hundred. Um, so yeah, Alex Johnson to score three tries is seven twenty-five on Top Sport, and Charlie Staines to score three tries is eleven bucks on on Top Sport. Now, if that gets up, I might not turn up to work next week but uh, <laughs> no nah, it's i reckon it's a worth a throw at the stumps boys it's it's a pretty a bit of a wild one straight up but um if i win that then it might be put away the glasses i might be too far ahead for
1: you boys to catch me all year
0: mate that's quality
1: that is going to set the scene for some ridiculous bets throughout the year if we're trying to catch out um spy what have you got
0: <clears throat> Tell you what, well, I hope that happens because I'm lucky to have both of them in my 7a this weekend, so that'd be lovely. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pull the reins back a bit and get a bit more. Uh, let's call it not not that that's not a smart bet, as you said, it's throw out the stumps. But you can get. I haven't checked the exact sod, odds, so you might be able to clarify, Timo. But then the lines normally around a dollar eighty, You could get Penrith, the Storm, and the Rabbits. In three blowout games, all to cover the line, which I think was about twenty last time I saw. They're huge lines, um, yeah. They, I think they all win by more than twenty, especially in the dry weather. So mm. you get about six or seven dollars for that. I think I'll be perfectly happy to be, happy to put a bit of cash down on that one.
1: Righto, mate. Um, well, far out. You've put the pressure on here because I was just going to go bunnies to cover the line at a dollar ninety against the dogs, but that could be the most vanilla <laughs> thing you've ever heard of now. Um, so. Uh, sorry, under pressure, I'm going to go with, to score two or more tries, Cody Walker at $6.75. Boom, there you go. Um, I can, I can, let's tell, let's you, I can tell you
2: what, Timmy, that Cody Walker to score three tries is 23 bucks, And that's that's a throw at the stumps as well. That's not my bet. Okay, that's not my <laughs> one. But I'm just saying if there's blokes looking for an extra one there, that that's not the worst bet either.
1: Oh. I like
0: Alex Johnson for four as well, boys. That's an unofficial bet as well. <laughs> Jeez,
1: there's going to be some damage done in this segment. Uh. Good Lord. All right, um, let's move on, fellas, to um, – let's get through this game really quickly because there's very little Supercoach interest. Sharks v. Cowboys, 5.30 on Saturday at Sunshine Coast Stadium. <clears throat> at this stage, whether or not that goes ahead up there, uh, we'll find out during the week. Heaps going on at the Sharks. Wade Graham. Will Kennedy both named to play despite concussions last week. Sione Katoa's out. Mawene Hiroti comes in. Britton Okora copped a two-band game for a shoulder charge on Gutho. Teague Wilton starts on the edge there. Uh, all hot happening there over at the Cowboys. Again, mass changes. Jake Clifford and Essan Masters dropped. Mitchell Dunn misses through injury. Justin O'Neill goes to the wing. Lumi Lu also goes to, what's well, center or wing far out. At centre, Hemiso Tabirai, Fido goes to the wing. Fellas, I could go all day here. There's just carnage going everywhere. Walser's boy Ben Condon starts in the back row. Um, all happening, all I'm looking at there is Ben Hampton and Scott Drinkwater in the halves. Um, you know, I'm not red hot on uh, the Sharkies this year, but, gee, they should be winning this game easily because that' not much of a side from the Cowboys going forward. Spy, not too much to talk about here, mate. Uh, anything that you're looking out for?
0: The only one there is Valentine's been named at fullback, which we've spoken about all pre-season. If he can nail down that role with goal kicking, um, he could be one to really watch. So I think it's it's good to see how they go this weekend and see if they end up shaking up again next week. Um, the other one would just be Walser's boy, uh, Benny Condon, is it, uh, in the back row there? See how he goes and hopefully he can nail down a spot, mate.
1: Fair play dear. Uh Titans v Raiders, Saturday 7.35pm at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Uh, again, we'll have a watch and see if that game ends up being played there. Uh, fingers crossed that uh, all is well up in Queensland over the next couple of days and and they get themselves sorted with a bit of luck for everyone's sake up on the Goldie end in Queensland in general, Brisbane. Uh, at the Titans, they're 1-17 as per last week with the late changes of Tyrone Peachy starting at lock and Tino Fusua Malawi moving to prop. Uh, they were pretty relevant Supercoach changes as well, whilst uh, any interest at the Titans. And my big question for you is – I've got two questions for you, actually. Is David Fafita a must-have and is Big Tino a hold or a sell? Uh, I don't think David Fafita is a must-have, but I'm saying that as a non-David
2: Fafita owner. I mean, if I owned him, I'd be ecstatic with the way he started the season. Um, I'm not overly high on the Titans. I think they've been being, being good against uh, – some pretty ordinary sites. um obviously they got beaten by the warriors in round 1 but um yeah in terms of tino oh I'm tossing up selling him I I'm sort of I mean I mean it's not massive regret because he's basically given me what I paid for but I just can't see him being overly super coach relevant he's sort of a mid-range player um yes he will get a try from time to time but um just the way he runs doesn't strike me as a bloke and he doesn't have an offload in his game at the moment, doesn't strike me as a bloke that uh, um, he's going to be a super coach gun. I, I'm I'm pretty interested
1: in Tyrone Peachy though. Mate, well, P- Peachy is an interesting one this weekend and I'm keen to get your thoughts on him because he, he's a massive watch for me. I mean, he's had glimpses of super coach relevance uh, throughout his career but never really been great. I mean, he hasn't averaged above 48 in the past five seasons. Mate, his PPM of 1.41 is phenomenal this year in three games. Minutes have been 49, 44, and 43. That was 43 last weekend despite starting the game. Um, Would you jump on this week, mate, or or with a break even of 18, do you need to have a look at that? Because, like, what sort of minutes do you want him to play to be buying him?
2: Yeah, I want him to play 60 minutes, I'd say. Like, so... That's the big question, Mark. I'm not going to jump on this week. I mean, I put up a bit of a poll on Twitter and um, it was sort of him, uh, Peachy, Toto, and then a couple of others. Uh, I left out your boy, Fergo, actually, which I realised afterwards, and I think he mm-hmm. could have been popular. But I think about 66% went for Toto, and, and I tend to agree with him. I think he's a super coach gun in, in the make. He just needs to get clean ball. But um, obviously you get that cheaper price for tyrone peachy but uh i'm not prepared to go there yet
1: but i'm keeping a close eye on him
0: mm.
1: spy titans
0: yeah i am a david feeder owner thankfully i trusted my gut on that i just knew i needed to get him in and boys he's that hard to tackle it's that enjoyable to watch him so if anyone's trying to flip a coin between a couple of blokes, just get for Felix. it's it's a good ride i I'll give you the tip. Uh, Interesting to see how he goes against the Raiders, who are obviously a much better defensive side. I think the Titans will progressively get better as the year goes on, but they do have some combinations to sort out still at this stage. Uh, One thing I liked as a feeder owner is the fact they're actively trying to get him ball. He does sit on that left edge, but they they know how good he is, so they do try to get in the ball. I think he had 11 first-half runs on the weekend, so that was brilliant to see. And in that time, I think he had nine... Maybe nine tackle busts for half time. It was crazy. I agree with Peach. I think it's a bit of a hype. Hype by at the moment, until his minutes go up, I certainly wouldn't want to be spending that cash on him. Uh, but certainly someone to watch if his minutes do go up. And I agree with Walson Tino. He's sort of, he's playing some nice NRL. He's setting a good platform for them, but he sort of, he doesn't offload much. He doesn't actually bust many tackles either. He looks like he should bust more. They tend to grass him a little bit. Um, so he might be a nice little luxury upgrade in the coming weeks if you can afford to do it, pending how injuries and the like go. And finally, my other boy, Brian Kelly, on the extended bench sitting there. So he might be back this weekend or next. And it'd be nice to own him potentially after that three-week Alex Johnson run. Uh, We'll Mm. see how he looks when he returns.
1: Uh, At the Raiders, Denarmus, Louie and Hudson Young return to the pack. Joe Taffany is out. We're not sure for how long at this stage, I don't believe. But it looks like it could be a few weeks at very least. Um, I'll cut the chase here fellas because there's not too much going on at the Raiders massive blow for owners of Ryan James particularly new owners uh, last week he came on after about five minutes when Tappany went down looked like he as a result of that and Tommy Starling being on the bench he would have been playing 50 plus minutes would have been massive um, really good for his price rise everything going forward he now has a score of what five or something in his rolling average Um, yeah it's just really hard one to stomach there for, for super coaches. Um, he has been named to play this week uh Tommy Starling on the bench will be good for him uh, being a three middle forward bench but again it's just a it's probably one that you just hold out on it and see how he goes and it just might take a lot more time to earn that 100 to maybe 150 grand than we were hoping for um, I did dodge that bullet though luckily now uh, Josh Hodgsons a guy I own I spoke a little bit about him earlier Um Doing great things. 88 last weekend. Look at the goods. A couple of try assists. Uh, big price rises for him ahead with a negative break even. The only way I'd be selling him, which I might be doing, as I mentioned earlier, is if he's your ticket to Shoestar. I think it's probably worth doing there. Um, but again, it's a really tough one there, fellas. Uh, moving on to the Knights and Jargon. Sunday, 4 o'clock at McDonald Jones Stadium. At the Knights, Bab and Best is out. A huge late withdrawal for them. He's out for, I think, four to six weeks or so. Gamat Shibasaki comes onto the wing, start, uh, into the centres. Stafford Towa goes to the wing, replacing Dominic Young. Blake Green's been named on the extended bench. Still no Ponger. Ponga. Uh, Walsh, what are your thoughts at the Knights, mate?
2: Yeah, obviously, um, Connor Watson and Tex Hoy delivered uh, for owners on the weekend. Um, I think the Knights probably win this game and win it well. Um, they had a few dramas in their centers, and and they made that change. So, uh, yeah. Now, nah, look, I think Connor Watson is. You've got to have him in your side. Um, obviously, um, even though he's taken up one of those crucial uh, hooker five eight spots, uh, if you've got Texoy, I think he's probably a hold with a negative thirty eight break even. Um, obviously, sorry, Timmy, did you say Barnett? Did he get named?
1: Barnett has been named, despite he's got that calf niggle or concern, should I say? But he's been yeah. named. There hasn't been too much word on it, so hopefully he's all right.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of owners will be holding their breath that um, that he comes through for that game. But
1: yeah, I
2: think that probably covers it. I mean, you know, there'd be a few that have few owners that have Sofiti. Um, Frizell's mm. a great option, but just at this mm. point in time, he's a bit of a luxury trade in for me. So. You know, and just looking across to the Dragons, I mean, I think Zach Lomax again is going to be a marquee player. But the fact that hunts out puts me off off anyone in the Dragons a fair bit. Um, if you got on McCulloch, he's going to be solid for you. I think he had a bit of a down game on the weekend, but yeah, not not overly a relevant um, Super Coach game that one.
1: Well, so I'm sensing a bit of a, a man crush between you and Andrew McCulloch at the moment.
2: No, no, no. I've never been a great fan with Andrew McCulloch, to be honest with you. Like, and uh, a couple of mates, I've always felt like uh, that's that's sort of hurt the Broncos. But yeah, he's playing reasonable footy. It? From I'm trying to be more, um, what's the word? Objective this year. So players, if I don't actually like a player NRL wise, I just <laughs> I just judge him on their merits. Super coach, and I just think he's well underpriced. Super coach wise.
1: Yeah, nice, mate. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, at the Dragons, uh, again, a little bit there. Clune replaces Benny Hunt. Um, Braden Army replaces Jack Bird. Uh, so they're the major change at the Dragons. Um, Spy, I mean, there's not much to add at the Dragons other than being four, a four-forward bench. is bad news for any uh, Torrell Furumano owners, Daniel Alvaro owners, these sort of blokes. So not too much to add there. Um, there is a bit going on at the Knights, though. Are there any guys there that you're looking to bring in or potentially looking to sell? Because they are pretty popular <clears> in that <throat> side.
0: I just wanted to mention on Mitch Barnett, boys, I read on Twitter today, possibly from one of the boys up in Newcastle, that he he's going to be given till Saturday to prove his fitness. Uh, given it's a late game, Sunday at four, that could throw a bit of concern if he's a late withdrawal. So just see if you can get a backup plan ready. In my instance, I just had a quick look and I'd be welcome aboard to my bench, Sammy Walker, on the Sunday night if Barnett was a late withdrawal. So that'd be exciting. Mm. Uh, but hopefully Barnett plays, obviously. Uh, but just make sure he's not in your starting side and he is one of your reserves so you can flip him late if you're able to. Um and on Tyrell um Tyrell, sorry, he he's underwhelming a little bit from a super coach perspective. I saw was forced into the trade when Lodge went down the other week, and I didn't expect big things, and he's kind of given me about what I expected, but a couple of 50s would be nice just to get a bit of extra cash. But um, he probably needs to offload and bust a fair share tackles for that to happen, but he could be a sell pretty soon if you need to.
1: Um, let's break it up quickly, fellas, with our bold predictions for the week, just recapping last week's games. Desi, I'm really glad Desi failed this one, and oh, it's a shame he's not on here to give it to him, but Des, who has like the boldest of bold predictions you'll ever see. I think he I think he once uh, predicted Blake Ashford to get 350 plus one week, which was a fail, but mate, the lunacy that that bloke comes out with, He had Teddy to go 100-plus. This is a bloke who started the year with two massive hundreds. Anyway, didn't come off for him, so that was a fail. Mitchie Moses, 120-plus, that was a fail, although he did get that, uh, I think it was the first half HIA and went off. Mitchie Barnett and Angus Crichton combine for 180, that was a fail. Spy, mate, you nearly pulled off one of the all-time great bold predictions. (laughs) From out of nowhere, you said Jacob Little to score exactly 43. You might be able to correct me, but... Uh, he was on 43, maybe at the end of the game before like an update came in two or three minutes after and he went to 46, ended up on 39. So ultimately it's a fail, but it's about as good as it gets. Um, David Tafida 100 plus, nailed that, mate. Jordan Ricky 85 plus, that was a fail. For myself, I had Dylan Brown, 110 plus. Base, again, outstanding. He just, he is not getting the attacking stats, Dylan Brown, this year. Um, Fergie Ferg has just been the shining light for me all around this year. Fergie to get two tries, he ticked that box. So uh, one from two, so not too bad. Whilst, what are your bulbs for this round?
2: Uh, I'm going to go Alex Johnston, uh, 90 plus. Um, Charlie Staines, 80 plus. And Cody Walker, 120
1: plus. Hmm. Very nice, mate. Uh, Spy, what have you got?
0: Continue your form. <clears throat> well, I actually forgot about this, so I've just whipped a few up mid-podcast. But if this comes off, I'll probably win the week, and it surely is going to happen. AJ, Alex Johnson, Hattrick, left edge versus the Dogs. Pappenhausen, 125 plus. Let's actually change that to 135 plus. He's
1: yeah.
0: going to have a monster on Friday night as my captain. And finally, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, and Brian Ta'a to score 300-plus between the three of them on Thursday night. (laughs) That is pretty bold this weekend. I'm feeling ambitious.
1: Yeah, there's been a few Easter weekend uh, massacres predicted. So if they come through, the punting plays, the bolds, look out next week. I've got Uh, Cody Walker and Cam Murray to combine for 200-plus, Ryan Pappenhausen to go 120-plus, and Jermaine Asako to go sub 25 uh, we'll recap those next week. And f- fingers crossed, we're on to a few winners. Roosters v. Warriors, Sunday, 6.15 p.m. at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, at the Roosters, Victor Radley returns at lock, moving Isaac Liu to prop to replace Lindsay Collins. Sam Walker comes into the side at halfback. Funny uh, how a week can change. Last week, those people who started with Sam Walker as their reserve halfback um, were morons. Now, all of a sudden, they saved that money in a trade at the start of the year, and now we're geniuses. So, uh, it's a funny game, super coach. Lockie Lamb's out. Luke Keary's out. Drew Hutchinson joins Sam Walk in the halves. Matt Icavalu comes onto the interchange. Joseph Suwali has been named on the extended bench. Fellas, I mean, we speak about the Roosters a fair bit. Not too much has changed as a majority. The one massive thing that has changed being their halves. Uh, whilst how does this affect James Tedesco primarily uh, and then I suppose the outside backs in general uh, and their scoring potential and how does this impact Teddy in terms of uh, being a captaincy option?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a big question, Timmy, but um, it doesn't put me off Teddy too much because he tends to step up when other players are out, but I guess it's got to have a negative effect on the ball that he's fed. I don't think attacking-wise there'll be an issue um for Sam Walker, I think he's, you know, and what I've seen of Hutchinson, he's quite capable as well. But I think a lot of the, the attack will come from Sam Walker. He He's a budding superstar. I just worry about him physically in defence and the traffic that's going to be run at him. You know, like if he if he's defending on that right-hand side against Eliezer Katoa running at him all game and then, you know, maybe even they throw... Ben Murdoch-Masilla on that side and run him at him just all game. It's it's really tough for a kid that age and he's not overly physically developed. He Like he is going to be a future star of the game, I'm certain of that. But, um, yeah, in terms of Teddy, I mean, who knows really. I mean, it's, it's good in a way, isn't it, really, because it was sort of like the first two weeks you're thinking, well, you know, it's too much of a risk not to captain Teddy and it was getting a little bit vanilla in terms of, you know, over 50%, well over 50% were captaining him. So I think it, it brings the captain back into it a little bit, which makes it interesting.
1: I think you're right, mate. And, and I think I think you're right. It, it's hard to say how it's going to affect Teddy because there is all of a sudden just that little bit less strike pair in the side, particularly with Luke Keary out. So... Maybe Teddy gets a little bit extra ball, but how less quality is are going to be? Um, Spire, what's your take on it? And on that, I mean, give me a hypothetical. This week, a lot of people will stay away from Tedesco as skipper because there's a bit of uncertainty, but more so because guys like Nathan Cleary, Ryan Pappenhouse and Cody Walker have these amazing um, matchups where they're going to be very popular skippers. Let's say it was another week where, you know, they were playing not as one-sided affairs, would you be deterred to go to Descars as captain or does it does not a lot change there?
0: <clears throat> no, I'd still be happy to have Teddy as captain on another week. Um, so, first of all, he played two games without Kiri last year. He scored 61 in the first one against the Tigers and he scored 176 in the second game against the Broncos. Yes. Now... For, for the Roosters to blow outsides, which they will, they only need their forward pack to be rolling. And you look at that forward pack and the bench, they've got exactly that. It's still a weapon pack. Sammy Walker's going to be a stud in attack, I'm sure of it. Hutchinson's pretty like for like for Lockie Lamb in terms of what he brings in in attack. So I, I still think Teddy's going to be a, an absolute weapon, maybe a little bit tougher in some of those trickier games. But, I mean, the Roosters are going to get the job done more often than not. Um... There is a really bold sort of option going around, especially on Twitter, of maybe going Teddy to Luttrell for a few weeks, and then that sort of allows you to maybe upgrade a backup half to Cody Walker or something like that. I kind of understand the merit in it, and it's bold, but just be aware that you'll probably want Teddy back at some stage. So it's two trades you're using, and it's the same old story. Teddy could still score 170, 180 uh, in any given week. Uh, so just be aware if he's not in your side for an extended period uh, that you do risk risk copying that, and Latrell's got 30s and 40s in him on his day as well, so brave to do it. It's not for me, but um, yeah, I just think overall it's a nice watch for Teddy, but I, just, I think with that forward pack and still a good back line and good halves or decent halves, he should be fine, shouldn't he?
1: Yeah, and and I mean, the thing is, I mean, the Roosters are another team. We talk about the the Storms' good draw and the Bunnies and the Panthers. <clears throat> they have the Warriors this week who were pretty unconvincing against the Raiders last week who, you know, they had to lose their whole side by 15 minutes into the game to give the Warriors a chance. Granted, before Walsper's up over there, they were very gutsy in coming back in that game and it was awesome to watch despite being a Raider. Um, but in terms of Roosters and Supercoach points this weekend, not too deterred. They have the Warriors this week, the Sharks next week, then a tough one against the Storm before they play the Dragons. So, <clears throat> again, I, I do see the argument in selling him to someone like the Trel. It could pay off big, but, gee, it could backfire and also cost you a couple of trades in the process. Um, over at the Warriors, they uh, Peter Hiku drops out of the side due to injury with Marcelo Montoya coming into the side there. Um, we're running out of time a little bit here, so I'll jump just straight to our... Kiwi man himself, not actually a Kiwi, but our Warriors supporter, Walson Carlos. Um, whilst, what's your take there uh, on Supercoach relevance?
2: Oh, yeah, there's a few boys there that are the I'm, I'm glad Cody Nicarima uh, delivered for those blokes that, um, that have him in their team. Um, I know a, a few of the boys that I'm mates with did. Um, so that's great. Uh, I think he can kick on. I really do. I really think he can kick on. Um, Sean O'Sullivan's interesting. Uh, uh but obviously not overly that relevant because most people are gonna have Dan Walker, but yeah, definitely, definitely worth having a look at. Um Adam for Newell Blake again, but he's very highly priced. Um yeah, I, I think I think they're the main relevant ones. I don't think anyone's gonna have um the kahunas to bring in someone like an RTS that like you said, it was a bit of a one-off game. I don't know if I'd describe it as gutsy, but I was just impressed by the fact that they could put on that many points. I was a bit worried about their attacking prowess after the first couple of weeks. So um, even though they're against a massively depleted side, I just think it all goes well for the, the Warriors. And I think they're a chance against the Roosters this weekend, a big chance.
1: Mm, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's such a fascinating game to watch this one. I'm really excited for it um, now that just the halves being out just levels it up so much. Um, the Warriors will be buoyed with a bit of confidence following that comeback. And uh, Tohu Harris just continues to knock out massive base in big minutes uh, and wouldn't look out of place in any side at all. Moving on to the last game of the round on Easter Monday, Tigers v. Eels uh, at Stadium Australia at 4 p.m. At the Tigers, they are unchanged following their first win of the season last week. Uh, it says uh, on the NRL's uh, team news here, nrl.com, it says Sean Bloor is still at least two weeks away from returning to action. I did see a, a, you know Twitter being such a um, reputable source that it is from some random who had a quote. Um, they mentioned that Madge came out and said Bloor's not back for what, until around eight or nine, or it could be a lot longer. So with a lot of people running Bloor uh, as an AE, as, a, as an NPR, should I say, in their teams, just something to take note of if you were looking to move on a back row in your side. Um, Spy at the Um, Tigers. Probably not heaps of – well, there's a bit of supercatch relevance there in that, I mean, Dane Laurie is what he is. He's absolutely on fire, looking like an exceptional young talent and should be in every side. Plenty more money to make and he's a pretty safe play in 17s. Not for Luma. He's on the way down in price a little bit. Hopefully we get him under 600K in the next few weeks. Um, Anything else that catches your eye, mate, you're selling Jacob Little.
0: Yeah, Littles a definite sell for Schuster. Um, He's been going okay, but with minutes being taken off him, uh, he's long-term probably not going to be that good unless he keeps jagging tries, which are hard to come by. Uh, Outside of that, um, nothing too major going on. I'll, I'll watch Luciano all year. If he starts to get decent ball, I'll have a look at him, but at this stage, he's not getting too much there. So yeah, nothing majorly relevant outside of what you've mentioned.
1: Yeah, with uh, with no injuries to speak of at the Tigers last weekend, we did see, I think, probably a great indication of what you can expect from Jacob Little in that. He played 60 minutes, 61 minutes, should I say, and Moses Embiid deputized off the bench in that 20 minutes, which is what we did expect to happen. No tries, no line breaks. So he scored 39 points, all in base. Um, So, you know, probably not going to be the Supercoach well-beater, You know, if you kept him for another couple of weeks, he's going to make you that sort of hopefully 60 to 100K quite nicely, potentially a little bit more and be a good trade. Um, But again, the the emergence of Schuster and the lack of options to trade to Schuster, I think it's a a good move this week to do that. Over at the Paramount Eels, Ryan Madison returns from his concussion. Isaiah Papali'i moves to the interchange bench with Keegan Hipgrave dropping off. Mitch Moses has been named despite his head knock last week. Uh, whilst at the Eels, who are the guys that you're eyeing off your Super Coach side? Um, yeah, they a little bit to discuss there. But again, probably that the big one being Junior Paulo, who he's been good without being great. He's he's certainly scored really well, but um, minutes have been only okay so far. A few late tries and try assist the last few weeks have saved his score a little bit. So averaging 54 minutes per game, played 47 minutes on the weekend, 43 base per game. Mate, what's your take on him?
2: Oh, I'm happy with the scores Um, as an owner. But, yeah, you do wonder if it's a bit of a false dawn. But I think he's got plenty of footy in him in terms of offloads and things like that. So he might be just one of those blokes who just keeps tossing up scores and produces them in different ways every week. Um, I mean, he's obviously not going to score a try every week, but um, he's certainly... He's certainly got the ability to offload multiple times and even pre line passing. So, yeah, he's got a bit to his game. Dylan Browns it would have been an interesting one if Mitchell Moses was ruled out, but um, obviously he's been named. Um, Blake Ferguson's going well for you boys. You know, you spooked him all in the preseason. So, and it's also going to be interesting for people who've hung on to Matto, which I think wouldn't be many. I think most people would have probably. Got rid of him just because of the high BE and also the fact that people sort of thought that he was going to be out for an extended period of time. But he'll be back on the radar if he comes and bangs out 100 or 110, which he's quite capable of doing.
1: Yeah, he will, mate. He'll be such a close watch because so many people, including myself, and most of us sold him last week. Uh, Fellas, let's move on to our trades and skipper options for this week. Spy, what are you looking at at this stage?
0: Early thoughts are uh, Little to Schuster and Tessie New to Alex Johnson. Take a bit of punt on that. Skipper wise, I'll definitely VC someone from Penrith, either Cleary, Luaiota, or Toa. And um, I think Pappy's the, the skipper choice this week with his work rate, goal kicking, and potential try scoring involvement.
1: What are you doing, Wiles?
2: I think I'm going to go uh, Simpkin to Schuster. And then I'll probably – my second trade will either be um, Hoy to Cody Walker or
1: Fusatua to Alex Johnston. Uh, yeah, Ooh, Alex Johnston. Very interesting one to throw out there, boys. He'll he, be an exciting and nerve-wracking watch um, for the next month of footy if you own him. Uh, I am at this stage, could very well change, but Josh Hodgson to Josh Schuster. Uh and then it'll be one of either Saab to Toto to strengthen my centres. Really want Toto, uh just looking so good with his base. When those attack comes, look out. And then Daniel Alvaro probably to a gun front rower. I'm just working out, yeah, either I currently have to run a pretty uh, grim second front rower next to Tino of Sua Malawi at front row. So the fact that I can play Stains at centre wing this week, which I'm pretty happy to do. Um uh, 10 leans me towards probably upgrading my front rower, but we'll play it by year. Nathan Cleary, vice captain. Cody Walker, I think, will be my C because, um, boys, if our, if our predictions are right, the Bunnies are going to be put on about 400 points on the dogs this week if you've been listening to this podcast. So surely Cody will score well in that time. Let's jump into a few questions now. Uh, we actually had to take a little break there. had to duck off to training the uh The big boys needed their punching bag, so I obliged uh, just in case it got any worse for me there. Um, Wallace has had to dart off, but the spy has come back on board and we are going to knock a few of these out before we finish up. So let's get stuck into it with our first one from Seb Candido, one of the legends behind Worldwide Fantasy Club. My plan was to get Cody Walker this week against the Dogs, but I'm 7K short. That is so savage. We've all been there. Uh, So he says, should I... A, go double cheapy this week, you'd assume that'd be Schuster and whoever else, and then get Cody next week versus the Broncos and for the rest of the good run. Or option B, get Munster this week against the Broncos and then Dogs next week and not get Cody. He currently owns the trail and doesn't own Pappenhausen. Spy,
0: what do you reckon there, A or B? Jeez, that could be the toughest question of the year to date. Isn't it? Um, Sort of hard to answer without seeing your exact lineup because um, also depending who you're playing, which cheapies you're getting and all that. Obviously, if you can get Schuster, that's great. If you get another cheaper that's going to make good coin, I don't hate that option. Um, then you can get Cody next week. I think it all depends on how well you think Munster's going to go. Um, I mean, they play Brisbane. He's a Queensland boy. He'll be fired up. So I'm actually a little bit on the fence on this one. As I said, quite it's tricky to, to answer without seeing the exact lineup on paper. Mm. Um, Gee, so no Pappenhausen either Um, Interesting Yeah look, <laughs> I don't know Is I, yeah. get, I don't want to throw out an answer that, that's wrong uh, For no yeah. reason I think you've got to sum up whether you think Munster's going to be as good as Cody Which he certainly could well be Um, And maybe just take the punch on him now Otherwise, if you've got two good cheapies to bring in You can do that and back Cody on the Cody train next week But you miss one of his good matches, obviously
1: Nice uh, another one from Daniel Trubarak. Apologies for if that's poor pronunciation. Uh, he goes on to ask about Little to Schuster, which I think Spy, you've already said you're doing, and I certainly agree with. Uh, part two of the question is he's looking to upgrade Saab to Momorowski. He says, I really feel as though Momorowski's sewn up his starting spot. Um, what do you reckon? Uh, have you had a bit of a look into Momorowski? I, I don't mind him, particularly now that Edwards is out and Crichton has moved to fullback. Spy, I think it really it solidifies his position in that side.
0: I like Momorowski. Um mm. I haven't had a good look at him just because I already own Capewell to Owen Staines. So I'm not going to be then suddenly adding another fourth Penrith guy to my side there in the centres. But his first three weeks, what, 43, 79, 56 couple of those without a try or try assist. Um,
1: Twenty nine. Yeah, I don't mate. mind it,
0: mate. Yeah, yeah, I think if if you want to do that, go for it. It's, it's a fine option.
1: I don't mind it either. Really solid pod. Um, the only thing I would say is I, I just think Stephen Crichton's sort of 40, 50K more. Um, playing at fullback, I just think there's so much more upside in Crichton. I know he hasn't set the world a lot yet, but even Crichton at centre has been basing 30 in the first, first three rounds. Hasn't scored a try yet. I'd be inclined to go Crichton, or if I could fork out the extra 100 for Toto, I'd do that. But, yeah, I'd probably go Crichton over him. Question three. I'll just
0: um, cut us butt in there for a sec. Justin Ollum's only 13 grand more as well, playing on the left edge of Melbourne, which is their favoured side. They have a really nice run coming up the next two weeks, so I really don't mind him either. But, look, don't let us sway you from Momorowski. He could go really well. He's in that range, um, depending what money you have as well.
1: Hmm. Question from the Scout Super Coach: uh, Is Welch a sell? He says to to potentially Paulo or Murray for some hopeful, hopefully for some attacking stats over the next few weeks. I I would do it. Um, you can obviously swing in a back row there if you're mentioning Murray. So I know Spy, you mentioned that you'll be holding on to Welch in the meantime, just because he's not an urgent trade by any means. So yeah, I think if you can go to an upside guy like Murray, or if you don't have David for to him. I don't mind Paulo either. Um, I'd do it. Would you do that, Spy, or, or you're pretty happy to hold on to Welch?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I did have a little look at trading Welch this week, but I've got other more upside things I can do elsewhere. Um, if you can get a back rower in, though, which I can't, that, make, that opens up a world of possibilities, so I certainly don't mind that. Yeah. Um, the Melbourne, have they've started to hit the edges a lot, especially last weekend, which cost Welch a lot of those middle runs. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, Welch also hasn't had a real opportunity to offload much yet, and he can do three or four a game at times. So he might score easy 65-70s. Uh, but in saying that, if the offload doesn't come out this week, then questions will have to be asked, and I'll probably be moving him on. But yeah, I don't mind the trade to a, a good upside player if if you want to do that.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's been a tough one, Welsh, because the signs are good. But as you said, it's all in the offload for him. It's exactly what you said at the start of the season. It was the back end of last year. was offloading plenty, and, and that was the appeal of him with obviously increased minutes this year. And the offload just hasn't been there. So, I mean, it's, generally it's a game plan. You offload or you don't. In saying that, round two was in the wet. They had a tough game on the weekend against Penrith. So maybe it will come out. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, question from Mrs. Schneebly. Do you guys think Tupanur will lose value with Kiri out, considering flipping him to Cam Murray or Dry Arrow for the bunnies Run? What are your thoughts? Um, I don't mind it. Um, I'd give Tupanur another week. Uh, break even of 27, um, basing 45. Tupino's problem is that his attack is really good. We know that, but he's got one of the poorer bases for, for big-minute back rowers. He did base 50 this week and 48 last week, which is really encouraging for him um, and really encouraging for owners. Um, there's nothing to say he can't cross the line again this week, so I'd definitely be holding this week, particularly Jai Arrow and Cam uh, Murray. Their break-evens aren't exactly high, so they're not going to be making a mountain of money. Um, Arrow's on the bench again, so I wouldn't be going to him just yet. I think I'd be holding for sure this week. If Tupanua struggles this week without Kiri, you can look to go up to um, up to Cam Murray next week for for the continued good run, and it'd be a better value play as well. How will it affect him with Keary out? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Spy, but I know Kiri has set up Tupanua already, and he's playing both sides of the ruck, but he's predominantly a left side of the field player. Tupanua has been playing on the right edge. Um, so, look, I don't think it's going to impact him tremendously. Um, but, again, there's just – it remains to be seen, and it remains to be seen how good the, the young halves are going to be for that side in, in Hutchinson and Walker. So we'll have to wait and see. Spy, I don't know if you've had much of a look at him, but um, a bit of a sneaky pod at the Warriors from Big Rog. Thoughts on Adam Pompey?
0: Yeah, Adam Pompey. I have had a little look at him. He's a big fella for a young kid. Um, he's done a, a little bit start. of goal kicking as well. Um, Let's have a real quick look at him now. So he's 360K, break-even of minus five, which is obviously brilliant. He scored a pair of 60s with a try in each game. So he likes a run and a tackle. <laughs> I don't mind him. Um, yeah. got the Roosters, Manly and Saints coming up, then Melbourne, but there's a couple of decent games in there. Um, so he's 360K. Yeah, like he's 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 exactly that. He's a pod. If you want to take a crack, you know you'll make money off him, and you can always sell him on if you need to. If you want to take the pun on him,
1: mm, yeah. It just the only thing is, uh, again, I, I know, I know uh, this probably doesn't relate as much to to more rookie players and guys with only a handful of games under the belt, but it's so important not to overlook pedigree in players. Um, I, I can't believe that every year people get excited about guys who have one good game early in the season. This year it was David Mead who had a good base in round one and then he's come back to earth already. Um, people bought him. Round two, everyone wanted Heimel Hunt because he had one good game and one good bit of base and then he's he's flopped on either side of that. Um, this isn't to say Pompey can't be good, but he did play 13 games last year for an average of 41 points. Has um, they just been two outliers so far? He's had plenty of attacking stats. Base of 32 solid. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but just don't look past pedigree and history and supercoach because it is it is very important. Uh, spy one from Nigel Plum's shoulder. because I'm an absolute moron, I didn't bring in Brayley last week and opted to bring in Kirie instead. Should I jump on Braley this week or bring in Cook instead? Love his draw and not phased by his love Cook's draw and not phased by his two poor scores because they came against the storm and roosters. What do you reckon?
0: Shoulder, what are you doing, mate? Brayley last week for sure. <laughs> You'll bounce back, though. Curie obviously had upside, and it didn't work out there, which is unfortunate. Um, look, much like the last question on Pompey, I don't like to talk people out of sort of pod plays or plays against the grain. So if you think if you think it's the option, by all means, go for someone like Pompey or go for Cook over um sorry who was it was Brayley this week wasn't it yeah personally i'm Brayley for sure he's cheaper he'll make way more cash he's playing really good footy uh he's tackling heaps he's looking to run and pass short of the line uh, for try assists so i'm a Brayley man but obviously with the, the runner games south sav if if cookie decides to run and they get some quick go forward through the middle then you know he could be anything couldn't he so i don't want to talk you out of it but Brayley would be my answer if i'm picking
1: yeah, basically just reiterating what the spy said, but negative 10 break even for Brayley. Cookie's 61. Braley's looked exceptional. Um, I've made my sort of concerns about Cookie and the way the Bunnies are playing this year pretty vocal that I'm against him for the time being. Um, but... As the spy said, mate, Supercoach is about going with your gut, and there's nothing worse than, than following someone else's advice and not going with your own gut, and then, you know, Cookie comes out and hits one thirty two weeks in a row. So, you know, go with your gut, but, I mean, logic would probably say uh, the Braille is the smart move, at least financially, for that speaking. Uh, and we'll wrap it up with a, a good question from Ben Grayson, who asks, Dave for feeder or Brian Toto? Like most, my centre wing is average, but is it now or never on D for feeder?" And I think there's another layer to that question, Spy. Uh, look, it depends on how um, how everyone's sides are set up, where where how strong they are in the CT dub. Are they weaker or they're stronger there? But let's say we're all still carrying a couple of cheapies at centre wing, which most of us will be. Are you looking to strengthen up and, and get a gun forward in or are you looking to strengthen your centre wing at the moment?
0: It's an interesting one. So my Santa's my already quite strong, which is nice. But I guess the question comes down, do you want a decent forward who you already have along with, sorry, do you want David for and a Santa that might get you 20, which could sort of net you maybe 100 points for the week or 90 points? Or do you want Brian Tarr and assumably he's got a reasonable forward in there who might score 50 odd? Maybe Jordan Rieke or someone. Sh- yeah, Ricky or someone, I could honestly see Ty going 80, 100, 120 this week. Uh, so in a one-week play, I don't mind probably getting Ta'o in. He'll rise in price. Obviously, as you said, though, Fafita will rise in price, and he could be up above 700 and may not come back down for quite some time. I hope so anyway as an owner. Um, so I think you've got to probably think more long-term and who you'll be able to afford. Whew, it's a tricky one, isn't it? What do you think, Timo?
1: Well, I'm in a pretty similar boat. Oh, I'm in a semi-similar boat. I'm tossing up between Toto and a gun front rower to strengthen up either position. The only issue is, in my boat, I my position should I say I'm running someone like Daniel Alvaro or Spencer Lenny as my second front rower, who I think at this rate they could only get you 25 or 30. Whereas this week it'll probably be I, I held Charlie Staines, so I can hold I can play Charlie Staines this week pretty semi-confidently, I should say. Um, Dylan Laurie's been awesome. I've got Fergo. Um, I've got one other good centre wing there that I'm happy with, uh, or Kurt Capel. Um, so, look, I, I'm probably leaning towards going the gun forward. In this case, it would be a Fafida to strengthen up there. But if you're bringing in a gun back rower who's going to just be on the bench or whatever, or to push a good player to the bench, you know, maybe your play is you to strengthen your centre wing and go with a Toto. So I know that's on the fence a little bit, but... Um. again, it, it's a little bit hard to answer without looking at your side. So, I am with Spy, though, that I'm I'm freaking huge on Toto, uh, and I think he's an exceptional player, and I think his price could get out of hand very quickly. Anyway, that is it for tonight's show, a uh, sneaky two-parter. Uh, Spy, thank you for returning to the scene of the crime, mate.
0: Happy to get back into NRL, mate. Uh, anytime, as you know. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks
1: for tuning in, guys.